Welcome to Journey with Scripture, our daily podcast on the Bible. Today we are going to reflect briefly on the prayer that Jesus taught us, our Father. Enjoy this episode, share it with others. God bless. Matthew chapter 6, verses 7 to 15. Jesus said to his disciples, When you pray, do not babble repetitiously, like the Gentiles, because they think that by their many words they will be heard. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. So pray this way Our Father in heaven, May your name be honored. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we ourselves have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive others their sins, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, your Father will not forgive you your sins. Today Jesus provides us with a model of prayer that is not long, not ostentatious, and not repetitious. The prayer addresses God as our Father. This is not the first time that Jesus refers to God as the Father of his disciples. We have already seen it in the previous chapter. This is the primary title that reveals God's identity. It also indicates the type of relationship that takes place between God and us. We are not mere creatures of the Creator. We are the children of the Heavenly Father. The Lord's Prayer is divided into two parts. The first one focuses on the Father, Thou, the second one on us. The phrase, as in heaven, so on earth, connects the two. In heaven, God's name is hallowed. His kingdom is the only reality present, and His will is being done. It is not so on the earth. Here is the opposite. The name of God is blasphemed. Instead of God's kingdom, we have the empires rising and falling, and each one does his or her own will. The first part wants the reality of heaven to fill the earth, to transform human life. This prayer is not a polite request or a wish. May let your name be holy. May or let your kingdom come. May or let your will be done, but an urgent demand close to our must. Jesus, the Son of God, commands us to press these demands upon the Father's heart. This imperative continues in the second part. Give us our daily bread, forgive us our sins, and deliver us from the evil one. The first plea comes as a surprise. Jesus has already told us that our Father knows what we need before we ask Him. 
And in a moment, he's going to tell us that we must not worry about food, drink, and clothes. Moreover, St. Paul urges us to work for the food we eat. Why then pray for daily bread? There is a kind of bread that only God can give us. Men cannot buy it, and hard work cannot earn it. It is the bread that gives life to the world. I am the living bread that come down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. This bread sustains us on the journey through the desert of this world to our promised land, the heavenly Jerusalem. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. The next petition about debt and forgiveness should be written in the charters of every banking corporation. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. It may come as shock to many, but Jesus makes God's forgiveness conditional. This point is elaborated in the parable about the unforgiving servant. An unforgiving heart cuts itself from God's grace of forgiveness. Jesus forgave his persecutors, and the Apostle Paul forgave those who insulted him in the community of Corinth. To Peter's question about how often should I forgive my brother who sins against me, Jesus answers, always. Therefore, we read in the letter to the Colossians, Forgive each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. The last plea is concerned with temptation and the evil one. Both are connected. The source of temptation is not God, but the evil one. Again, we are here for another surprise. Jesus, who was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil, is telling us to entreat the Father not to lead us to such tests. Why? The Lord knows what we are made of. The Spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He also knows the shrewdness of the tempter. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat. Alone, we are not much for him. We need Jesus on our side. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail, says our Lord to Peter. And... If we ever find ourselves in the midst of temptation, and who has not, we should keep in mind these words of Paul. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to men. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Amen.